You're listening to the Careers Talk podcast series, a Salt Studios production. Paul Parola was never a fan of school. Instead, he always favoured playing music and dreamed of becoming a rock star. In fact, he even considered leaving school in year 10 to take on an apprenticeship. But he found his way via a course called Tech 12, which was a very hands-on approach to education. Through pure coincidence, Paul discovered a love of sound production after a tour of Crawford Studios, which produced many leading TV programs at the time. In this episode, Paul talks about his early education, why he wasn't the best academic student, but also how education opened up a career pathway for him. Paul, thank you for sitting down, having a chat. Cast your mind back to St Kilda in the late 80s. I imagine you were in stonewash acid jeans with a mullet when you went to high school? Uh, very much so. And there might have been sort of studs on a, on a jacket with various heavy metal bands on the, on the back. And that was certainly the, uh, the interest and love and focus of life was the music. I get the feeling you probably would have suited the crowd of St Kilda back in the day. My first concert there was Motorhead at the Palais. I just loved music and, and I was a little bit delusional in the sense that I, I honestly believed that I was going to be a guitarist in a, in a heavy metal band and hit the world stage and I was probably terrible. But it just took me a while to realise that. Given your interest in music and guitar, does that mean you didn't have much of an interest in education? Correct. Yeah. Well, I, I just, yeah, that's, that's it. I didn't really, you know, I'd considered leaving school in year 10. You used to hear of people uh, getting carpentry apprenticeships or trade apprenticeships a- around that. You know, occasionally year 9 might have been, but it was sort of 10 or 11 was relatively common. And that thought certainly crossed my mind. You know, just for whatever reasons, I think my parents encouraging me to just try to stay, you know, in in some education as long as possible to keep doors open was that was their was their phrase. So I did possibly was going to leave and and try to get work uh, instead of doing year twelve. And there was uh, the school I went to, CBC St Kilda, that year offered a new type of a TAFE course. It was called Tech 12, nothing to do with a, a trade or, or other tech phrases, but um, so T12, and the concept was the students would negotiate with the teachers this course content. And so for English, we would do letter writing skills. We had a teacher proposed to us, uh, do you want to do driver's education? So we used the letter writing skills in English, wrote letters off to car yards and uh, asking them to, to loan us a car for driver's education one afternoon a week. So there was some very practical elements of the schooling, you know, but it wasn't the, the, the current, it wasn't the VCE or anything like it. Uh, so yeah, stayed on to, I did year, that, that for year 12. So the beauty about it was having that option was it was possibly, if that wasn't on offer, I possibly would not have done year 12. And I cannot be more thankful and grateful for staying in at least through to the end of year 12 in in that manner that we did. I, I learned so much and grew so much more and I would have been far too immature to have tried to go out into the workplace if I didn't do that. So what were some of the things you were learning there then? Just lots of practical things. So, like I said, letter writing was about, uh, you know, we applied and got a car. Job application writing. Yeah, whatever we did, there was the practical 
element that I probably still use. So that's a a real key takeaway here for you that in terms of learning, you are a practical person sitting in front of a blackboard or a whiteboard now, taking copious amounts of notes is not the way that Paul learns. Yeah, so a bit more sort of hands-on and try something and make a mistake and, and learn from that. So in this world that you're now in and you're studying, when was the point that you realised that uh, sound was a, an option for you? There was a very coincidental, again, you know, I've been incredibly lucky in my life and I was probably in like a year 10 class misbehaving and we had a um, substitute teacher and I may have done something wrong, but maybe it was someone else and found myself uh, standing out the side, the, the front door of the classroom. The teacher came and spoke to me after and he was doing some part-time work at a, a sound production company, which at the time was Crawford's, which they produced um, most of the the sort of leading television in, in the country. And he just said to me, oh, are you interested in having a look at a you know, TV studio? And I said, sure. So we had arranged where after school one day I went out, you know, got the train out to Box Hill and he showed me around Crawford's and it was sort of one of the first times I I realised that this behind the scenes sound work was taking place and I was was interested. Uh, I was interested in the music side, so it sort of caught my attention. So we're talking people doing like footsteps for television shows and putting the background noises in and mixing those noises with the dialogue. And when I saw that, it was it was just, it got my attention. And sort of almost fast forward three years later outside of school, I found myself just by coincidence, again, getting into a company. My first job was with a company uh, that did that sort of work. And 30 years later, I'm still doing the same thing. Well, in our second episode, we're going to talk about your career and you've had some great success there. But looking at your education, once you went through Crawford's, knowing that you did have to go back to education, how did you try and tailor what you were studying towards getting into the the sound industry? I'd do things like, so in my year 12 year, I'd go to the library and, and borrow the video camera, which everyone has one now, but back then it was a little bit more of expensive tool. So I'd take the video camera around and, and film uh, sporting functions or, you know, some of the things that were going on around school and, and uh, try to edit them together. So there was just a sort of gradual involvement in some of that. You know, I had friends who were in bands, so anytime they had anything to do with a concert or a recording, I'd, I'd tag along out of interest, you know, you apply yourself to wherever you can to see and and experience some of that uh, work. So would that be some advice for our listeners from you to them to say that, you know, if they're educating and educating themselves and there's not a natural subject for their interests, it's just to, to go out and find it yourself by hiring a camera or a guitar or whatever it might be? If you are interested, go out and, and find, don't wait for people to come to you and go uh, you don't need the most expensive tool. I mean, the you know, as we know now, the the iPhone you can is amazing quality uh, sound and picture. If that's what you want to do to make a movie, do it on an iPhone. If you want to do something else, just find a way. You just got to create some opportunities and uh, to to get some experience. What would you have done if sound wasn't an option for you? I thought that I would go into 
hands-on industry like carpentry or, or building or, or a trade. And did you have an interest in, in those areas back in the day or was it just some sort of an option? Only an option that I didn't want to be stuck behind a, you know, a, a book. Looking back on your education, what are some of the biggest lessons you learnt while studying? Well, look, looking back, it's the biggest regret is not studying more. There's so many areas that even if you're not going to be a literary writer, learning more about English, like I said, is, I mean, email writing. We all write emails. Everyone writes a million emails. Knowing how to just better express yourself in, in writing is critically important. For me, it's like doing sound for film, understanding more about the drama involved in novels is would have would have been important or, or it is and if I regret not learning that more at school there's so many areas maths uh, so I, I I guess it's a regret that I didn't think that that subject would be applicable and help me in the future but I think each bit of most all subjects will. So in terms of you then you've just mentioned your regret not or applying yourself with maths how has that held you back? Well, okay, so in the sound field, there's measuring the way that either notes happen in frequencies and pitches, and, and that's there's numbers and scales involved. There's the echo times, like every day I'm, I'm sitting and dialing in sounds and making them sort of echo and, and repeat, and that's based on numbers of, of time and milliseconds. There's, you know, picking up a tape measure and measuring the area so I can build these acoustic panels behind me. So there's just constant maths involved. In your experience then, I guess it's a little unique because most kids coming through, if they want to be a doctor, they want to be a lawyer, uh, they want to be a builder, there's some pretty streamlined ways in which to do that. You go to university, you get your degree and off you go. So there is a pathway there. For you though, I imagine into the sound industry, it's probably a little different, it's a, a little tougher and there would be a lot less opportunities. Is that a fair assessment? That's totally fair. And the thing to be careful of that I would caution people is um, some creative fields have a uh, a bit of shine to them, you know, where it might sound cool, like, you know, recording bands or filming or being in the film industry or, you know, acting. And, you know, need to peel away that sort of uh, trend element to it to make sure it is something that you really want to do when things are tough and it's hard and it's not always recognition. How do you do that then? You mentioned peel away the layers. Is that through asking yourself the right questions? Is it through having a support network who can challenge you in certain ways? How do you identify if it is really for you when you take the glitz and glam away from it? Uh, I guess if over time that you have applied yourselves in some manner. You know, some people would come to you and, and say, oh, this is all I've ever wanted to do is work in a recording studio and record bands. And you say, oh, okay, so what have you done to look into that? Like, oh, yeah, someone just told me. I saw a making of on a DVD last week. And you're like, okay, well, there's other people who have actually gone and tried to do a short course or learn a bit or study so there are courses out there and, you know, whether they point directly to that end goal, at least what they are is, a, is an indication that someone has 
putting their money where their mouth is and actually working hard. It's it's a little bit like if you're an athlete and you want to play AFL, you don't suddenly wake up and say, I'm going to play next week or put my hand up to be in the AFL. You are training and working for years and years and years. Sound is a very big concept. It's also a very big industry. What are some of the career pathways for the students coming through that they could turn their attention to? Very simple. Two worlds. There can be film sound and then there can be music. There's two that might look like they're in a studio, the same mixing faders, the same microphones, the same tools, but they're entirely different applications and disciplines. So, for example, in, I mean, in music, there's a live sound, you know, helping people in big concerts, stage shows, studios recording. It might be electronic stuff, setting up keyboards, and it might be setting up amplifiers, you know, all sorts of different things to capture and enhance music. And then in my field, with film sound, there's a guy on set that records the sound There's another person that holds the microphone, the boom op. They capture the sound on the set. We have people here, there's about five different sort of major sound roles. There's like someone who just edits the dialogue. There's someone who just does the footsteps. So we have someone, you know, a a team of people who will will literally perform and walk the, the actors in the scene. Another person might put together the the punch sounds and the explosions in a scene. So there's a yeah, there's a lot of different disciplines, and that, that's just across the two fields. So what's your advice there about trying to identify what is right for a student coming through? Just to jump in and try something, just ju- because you don't, you might not even know the job exists. Like most people wouldn't know that there is a job where someone walks the sound of footsteps. <laughs> How's that for a full-time career? I need people. I can't find people. <laughs> what sort of skill set goes into that, is it? Rhythm, timing, because you're looking at a picture, the movie, and you're you're performing it at the same time. Um, you can stop when you make a mistake and go back, but having a sense of timing, so a slight musical sense is good. Often drummers are really good at that. And just someone who can critique your own work. You mentioned you can't find anyone for the role at the moment. When you are looking to hire people for these roles, what's the most important employability skill that they need to have? Someone who can demonstrate an interest over time. So again, someone who hasn't just sort of read it on the back of a cornflakes packet and thought, oh, yeah, that's what I want to do. Usually if someone comes to me and they've said, okay, well, I've got, every Saturday night I go help my friend's band set up and at school I'm always the one that helps set the microphones up for the uh, school assembly. It doesn't necessarily even have to be a, a full course, but just some indication that they've taken every opportunity available to try the field. It might be they've just used an iPhone to record a song. So it's basically just showing that they've got skin in the game and they're prepared to get out there and give it a go and and come to the table and say, look, I tried, not necessarily in a professional capacity, but here's what I've done to open pathways for myself. Correct. Beautiful, Paul. Well, thank you very much for talking about your education. In our next episode, we're going to talk about your very successful career. (laughs) 
Being able to demonstrate an interest in your career or job is vital to someone else giving you an opportunity. So get some practical experience where you can. That's great advice from Paul. In our next episode, Paul explains how he ended up as the sound designer for some big Hollywood films like Kung Fu Panda, Jack Ryan and John Wick. You're listening to the Careers Talk podcast series, a Salt Studios production.